behind every great design, behind every great collection, there is a narrative. Try to get to know the narrative of that designer. Hello everyone and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. I started this podcast because when I tried to be a journalist in every form and fashion years ago, I was relegated to non-paying internships and the lowest paying roles possible. So with the internet, you can do your own thing and with an app for everything like Anchor, giving the ability to record from your phone without renting a studio or desperately trying to get people together for interviews, you could do it all on the phone. The purpose of You Have to Wear Something was to critique style and fashion anthropologically through the lens of a black woman, me. Fashion is a business. It's an industry like anything else and white supremacy permeates it like every other business. As we can see from the way this administration has handled the coronavirus pandemic to police brutality, to flat out exclusion from every decision-making table in every industry, racism is as American as apple pie. With that said, happy 15 days after Juneteenth or happy birthday, Malia Obama. Basically, happy anything but July 4th, because if you know the basics, and I mean the basic basics of American history, you know that in 1776, not all men were considered equal. Despite black people fighting in every single war, I mean every single war, beginning with our beloved American Revolution, only to come back and become the master's property again and be buried in a mass or shallow unmarked grave. So yeah, we, the melanated folk, are feeling some kind of way about July 4th. If you think veterans are treated poorly, imagine what it's like to be a black veteran, only to come back to a racist country. And there's nothing more patriotic than risking your life, often losing it for your country. For context, I suggest we all at least watch The Five Bloods, Spike Lee's latest movie about black Vietnam War vets. And yeah, I know, the fireworks have been going off for weeks now. And this time, I believe some of you hoteps out there that the middle of the night M80s are going off strategically to disrupt our commitment to all things Black Lives Matter. Racists are hoping that this phase will blow over and things will get back to normal, but nobody wants normal. Normal was not working for us. Anybody who checks an other box of identity was marginalized to shit. Time's up, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, and everything in between. Yes, the Confederate flags and statues need to continue coming down. And while I like the many, many gestures of solidarity, such as singing the Black National Anthem before NFL games, painting Black Lives Matter murals, or requiring publications to use an uppercase B when referring to Black people is all fine and dandy, but Brianna's killers are still free. Almost every brutal cop is free. The arrests we see may not even lead to convictions, and historically they haven't. So enough with the gestures. Let's get going on the reform. Now, the gesture I have been feeling lately is the patronage of Black business. In a capitalist country built by free Black labor, almost every policy to assist Black people financially was a total joke. 
Friedman's Bank, 40 acres and a mule, redlining. I mean, a white family has 10 times the wealth of a black family, 10 times. So yeah, we are interested in closing that gap like yesterday. So all this buy black and support black, that energy, yeah, keep that gesture going because it contributes to real change. Aurora James made it really easy for y'all to follow the 15% pledge. Whether product or services, make sure the shelves represent 15% of black owned products or 15% of your business is with black business. Same with hiring. Staff should be 15% black too. Remember who built all those first businesses. 75% of the men who signed the Declaration of Independence were slave owners, so I don't want to hear it. So who made the pledge? Sephora was the first to sign on to the pledge, followed by these companies. Rent the Runway, who has a notoriously shitty culture towards women. It's a mean girls club, but this is a start. Heyday Skincare, Roe Wolf, the Partners Real Estate brand, which is a part of the Compass Real Estate platform, also took the 15% pledge. Also, Compass took the pledge. Mosium is a brand known for its fine jewelry and home goods, but now it's also known for its part in committing to the 15% pledge. The bridal industry sorely lacks in black representation and has for a long time, but a few bridal retailers want that to change, one of which is Belle Atelier. It has dedicated 15% of its rack space for black designers. The Modern Bride. Prince and Bond, although black owned, also took the pledge so that their ads and wholesale purchases also supported black designers. Violet Gray, Loho Bride, Darling Boutique, Bando, Knox Shop, Thread Styling, Lady May, another black retailer of cosmetics took the pledge because again, they carry mostly white brands. So this needs to happen on the wholesale side too. Now, you know, I'm always rooting for everybody black to quote Issa. The black community is not a monolith, but we lack heroes. So when we get one like Kanye West, we hold on tight and we know they're not going to be perfect. When he started his career, black people were there. When he started spazzing and it came out that he was bipolar. Cool. No problem. We understand. When he said slavery was a choice, he later apologized and we accepted. When he made clothes with the Confederate flag, then wore a MAGA hat, a lot, and aligned himself with Trump, black people were still open to discourse. So why, Kanye, why? Is it the meds? So when it was announced earlier this year that Yeezy was a billion dollar company, we applauded Ye. And he has hired and mentored many, many black creatives, including Virgil Abloh, the first black creative director of Louis Vuitton menswear. And last week, Gap announced a 10-year partnership with Kanye and Yeezy. I imagine Gap is a mess with Telfar, another black brand being released from their partnership. But again, this is major. 10 years. That's a serious commitment. But I was happy. These type of power moves rarely occur for black people. So again, we were rooting for Kanye. I agree with Damon John that beyond collaboration, Kanye deserves a seat on the board of the Gap. Again, gestures mean nothing if we are not part of the decision-making process. 
I was hype. My frequency was on the up and up for Ye until about two days ago when Kanye announced his 2020 presidential run. (sighs) I knew it was real when Kim K retweeted it. I had to know something was up with all these bromance pictures of Kanye and Elon Musk, another MAGA idiot. I saw the perfect tweet from this guy, Ahmed Baba, that said, Kanye West and Elon Musk are treating the most consequential election of our lifetime as a joke. Consequences their money will shield them from. We are sick of being trolled by oversized egos. Step up in a meaningful way to help us defeat Trump or sit down quietly. What more is there to say? And on that note, until next time, take care of yourselves and peace.